0: welcome back to the two months podcast presented by bile still empowered by go goat sports i'm your host joshua marshall and uh, i guess my co-host and my guest uh, today he's back with us he was with us a couple days ago he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion long-time executive in the NHL he's an analyst on Sportsnet and uh he is uh he's a beauty he's from Ontario and uh he's uh, developed and scouted a lot of great players that have made the NHL and one that's going to be a guest on our podcast coming up very soon and that's Trevor Lewis but we have Mike Fuda with us foods how's it going
1: good there's no trembling in the streets. There's no, no rioting. <laughs> they they <laughs> live to the everybody's lived to learn another day, live another day in in the big smoke. So it's exactly. great. Yeah, um, the province of
0: you do know it is the province of Toronto. It's not Ontario. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my apologies in that, but no, it's uh, it's crazy. It's uh, they get to live the uh they live to fight another day here foods and uh, you know, maybe some of the executives get to breathe a little bit, but uh, you know, another close game and out of the four series still going on, this one seems to be the only close one that we get really at the end of the day. But uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll actually start here out in Edmonton um, cause it's more bigger news and you know, everyone loves the, uh, the like, it's a great game that happened last night, but the big talking points are the Petrangelo play and the Darnell nurse instigator at the end of the game. But um, you know, I guess your thoughts on what happened with uh, you know, Petrangelo, he's been a target all series long. Um, and I think he just finally saw red and had a boiling point and went after dry settle. But uh, do you see a suspension coming here or is it more of a fine? Where were you? Yeah, are?
1: I think he'll get fined. I think he'll get fined. I mean, there's no hit, there's no there's not an injury. Um, there's no History. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, it's obviously a superstar that he's it's two superstars, actually, which will get taken into account, I would assume. But yeah, I just think that this stage of the game and the amount of abuse that's been going on and tolerated that uh, it'll be a hefty fine. I don't think there'll anything. I think he'll be warned that that if there's anything, anything further, there'll be games. But I don't see any games at this standpoint.
0: Yeah, it'll be. uh, It's kind of in a way like the way I look at it is. You know he, he obviously sees red. That's you know, anyone say that's probably not a hockey player, isn't a hockey play, so he obviously comes over his head. And you know, he doesn't, he's uh, he's out for some blood, but there's no injury to happen. But uh, you know, the fact that he's been ran and ran from behind all series, too. Um, you know, and and you know, there's one that even McDavid did earlier in the game, there's one that. Evander Kane did, and then they finally tossed Evander Kane out of the game too, but uh, do you does that play a factor in a lot of this when things happen for NHL player safety and along on the executive side?
1: I think they look a lot at if there's premeditation, if there's history between the players, and this is more of a general history between the way the series is being played. I don't see that you can find a, a rash of Dreisaitl versus Petratolo, Petrangelo hate moments in the series. It's just right. been It's been uh, it's been physical. It's been borderline at times. Um, Incredibly passionate. It's funny because you talk about the Oiler fan. The similarities. I mean, other than the Oilers have had some playoff success recently, and and uh, you know, and obviously they have huge expectations with the seasons. You know that McDavid and Drysdale and the team in general have thrown together, Um, but it's the same kind of thing that's going on. I mean, it's a it's like the bunting. You know any incident that happens here, like Bunting's elbow on Chernak caused a significant injury. It was careless. It was reckless. It was worth three games at any point, and uh, and it was talked about here like it was the the spruder films. Like, uh, you know, this is a, the league out to get. You know, it's everything you hear. Whether it's the leagues are out to get the refs, and the leagues are out to get, uh, you know, Canadian teams or whatever. Or Sheldon Keefe. and 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 Macaulay, that kind of stuff. It kind of gets, I guess it gives you stuff to talk about it, but it's really, truly ridiculous. I mean, the, the league would like nothing more than to see, uh, you know, as much as the, Amer- the game's growing in America, if you had the two elite players in the league and Matthews and McDavid going in at in a, in a Stanley Cup final, the, the league would be salivating over that for a year to have something like that. So uh, it, I give, it gives the fans good fodder. But um, again, I think... What I'd take, draw more out of the game is um, that Edmonton, after they laid down the gauntlet and said they were going to come back and you were going to see a really good effort, and they did it. They lived up to their words, which has not always been the case throughout the playoffs here. And, uh, uh, again, I'm still a little – I'm not a big save percentage guy, but I didn't like Skinner's save percentage um, in the mm-hmm. game, but – or I think it was Aiden Hill what did Aiden Hill Aiden, was it was Aiden Hill had a, who had it somebody had an 867 I'm pretty sure it might have been
0: it was Skinner yeah
1: yeah 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 so I mean those are just things that have to be cleaned up because when you can win when that's the case that's uh that's even better on you but nobody can like at least this one you know they both found ways to kind of thrash each other in each other's building and and now we go into a, an incredible. Like I mean, Vegas has got some of the loudest, craziest fans. I mean, I'm not going to give them the credit to be the most knowledgeable hockey fans in yeah. the world. But they certainly know how to party, and they know what they know how to support the home team, which is really at this stage of the game. That's a huge lift, and uh, it, it'll be really interesting to see what what which Edmonton team shows up because they've shown that they can spank teams on the road. But I, I just find it too amazing. It's so amazing when you see teams that are. They're kind of like they're not. I mean, I I tip the scale for Edmonton obviously with the high end level of uh, of forwards they have. Something seems to get in Jack Eichel's craw about when he's playing against yeah. McDavid. Yeah, I mean, he's not McDavid, but there's something internally that just boils his game to look a hell of a lot noticeable on a more consistent basis offensively, and it makes for great it makes for a great series. I just can't believe the games aren't closer. <laughs> it's just, it's. Yeah. it's these guys seemed a way to find each way to just,
0: just turn over and just crank the other team out of the building. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what kind of uh, uh, adjustments that uh, Bruce Cassidy does here, because uh, you know, there has to be some here His teams played two bad games and, also, the Oilers have played pretty much two bad games or more, maybe a, a game and a half uh, of a bad game. Because so obviously, the first game was a bit a bit of a close one, but it's been. Gosh, I don't
1: want to cut you, up, but I give a, the, on that note because I think that's a great point that you make up. But uh, John Stevens is their assistant coach or associate coach there too, and yeah. uh, John Stevens to me is probably the or arguably the best associate coach. Uh, in the game and he was i say that like he was our associate coach with uh kings yeah los angeles kings and he is a defensive wizard when it comes to carling systems to try and shut guys down so if anybody as much as you know you're not going to just take these guys off the sheet like mcdavid if anybody can find a way to kind of maybe just slow them down for a couple of games johnny will come up with some kind of schematic
0: yeah. Yeah. He's an amazing coach for sure. Um, I wonder if he gets kind of any consideration for some head coaching jobs here. Um, at...
1: He's had a couple, he's had a couple now and they, it, it's, it's not that he's not capable, but sometimes the guys, they're just so much better. At what they do. And I think there might be a little bit of a, in his mind that he's, he's real comfortable doing what he's doing. He's competitive as heck, but it's, it's a strange one. And it was the first one was tough because I think he had one in Philly And then we had him as an associate. And then obviously when Daryl moves on and you have to fill those boots and you've been in a certain role, it's really hard to hear another voice coming from the same bench other than Daryl's.
0: So it was a tough situation for him to begin in, but he's the ultimate pro. That's for sure. Yeah. And you probably can tie Glenn Gullickson into that category too. or Yeah. He looks like he's doing a heck of a job. Yeah. Yeah, I see a cup of coffee behind the bench in Dallas, and a cup of coffee behind the bench in Calgary. But uh, coffee, a can... boy, Josh, props. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, boy. <laughs> as uh, Foods toast the camera on the on the coffee reference here, so uh we need to get ourselves a coffee sponsor, Ace Foods. <laughs> okay, so...
1: yeah, we'll get on it. We'll get yeah. on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'll start
1: working the streets of King City today for yeah, yeah for for good... Abigail Folger's ghost. There we go.
0: <laughs> Mutts fans. So much going on right now in the live sporting events, concerts, everything going on. You know, you got wrestling events, you got the NBA, you got the NFL, you got hockey coming back, like so much going on. So use the promo code two months pod. When you guys go to SeatGeek, download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And get $20 off your purchase for these live events. You guys won't be disappointed. They'll help you on the bucks. You know, save that $20, get you a couple beers, maybe have some popcorn, whatever you want for that, saving that $20 going in. And, you know, use these live events, man. There's so much going on right now. Uh, this is the greatest time. Um, all these sports are firing back up. So all four major sports will be ready to go. Then you guys got the Drake concerts, the T-Swift concerts. There's so much happening right now so many great events to be a part of so don't be disappointed when you guys go to seek geek.com and use the promo code two months pod all capitals that's the promo code two months pod all capitals to get 20 dollars off your purchase
2: this public service announcement is brought to you by our friends at cdn here's a crazy thought not all team wear needs a team logo stand out in the crowd and rep your team colors with one of CDN's hockey hats. Listen, these hats are phenomenal. We just got ours a little while ago, and we've been wearing them nonstop. You know when you find a hat you love, and you just can't take it off? Yep, that's how we feel with our CDN hat. Every time we wear it out, we get asked, where did you get that hat? I know what you're thinking. How can I get one? Cue the details. Shop online 24-7 at www.wercdn.ca and use the promo code 2MUTTS for 15% off your order. Again, that's www.wercdn.ca to get your new favorite hat and use the discount code 2MUTTS at checkout for 15% off your order. Now back to the show.
0: Um, now the Darnell nurse situation, um, I disagree with Jay Woodcroft said, uh, after the game, I don't know if you heard his comments, but, uh, pretty much, uh, um, you know, paraphrasing here is that he saw a player going to the corner with a bear hug, meaning he saw nurse go in to the corner on a power play, um, where nurse totally leaves his position from the, from the left, left hand point comes right down behind the net. And engages a player, has a bear hug, but Nick Nicholas Haig uh throws the first eight punches. Jay Woodcroft was very uh, adamant on making sure that he knew that how many punches he threw first before during all nerds did. So there is a chance this can get rescinded because it did happen in uh in the 2015 playoffs Calgary versus uh the uh the Canucks, where Burroughs and uh, Chris Russell fought, and uh there was an instigator there. The flames were about to win the game and Uh, Chris Russell ended up engaging with Burleson and got rescinded. So there is a a chance here. Um, I do think, you know, maybe if Petrangelo gets suspended, then I think you give Darnell Nurse a suspension. It's either you suspend the guys or you don't. So if Petrangelo doesn't get suspended, I'm probably going to say Darnell Nurse doesn't. But uh, um, it is interesting. I know Jay Woodcroft does this a lot where he sees the the view of the game much differently than the media when they ask a question. Like they asked about Zach Hyman being injured and he said, no, Zach Hyman is fine. And he played an amazing game in game three. And, you know, he wasn't laboring. Obviously the camera footage showed that he was laboring, but uh, that's Jay Woodcroft just playing his mind tricks as he does all the time. But- uh,
1: Well, he's so articulate at it too. It's not different than no. a lot of different coaches, but Jay's is like, he's so well-spoken that you, you can't help but thinking that, Maybe I should go back and look at that. That sounded so good that maybe my eyes just looked at it differently. Because <laughs> there's no question that nurse arrives early with intent, but there's also no question. They instigate. He does not, in, in my opinion, instigating the fight isn't the thought of getting down there. It's okay. really who throws. And it's, it's, it's I didn't count them, but it's clearly obvious that I maybe seven and a half punches were thrown.
0: Yeah, exactly. Before. So
1: I'm going to have to say Jays. Probably right on this. Jay's one. really explained one very well, and the other one. <laughs> and the other one, I mean, again, it's like there's certain guys that are so emotional. Like when you hear someone like um, Gerard Gallant spends explain stuff like that, you're a little more confused. But Jay did a great job. I don't think Nurse is getting suspended, and I don't think Petrangelo is getting suspended either. I don't think you can. You can. You you'll start to look silly if you because they're so. They always start their stuff off with the NHL and say, these are completely separate events. Yeah. So, you, but realistically they're so, as, as much as they're separate, they're so borderline could go either way that I I would just err on the air on the side of letting them both play. Nobody was hurt in either instance. Um, and I, and I just don't see, again, now you're getting into interpretation of what an instigation is. And I've, you see guys that when some guys now they skate the length of the ice, when on a big hit, and then they grab on and hold on because they know maybe if the other guy drops his gloves, it won't look like if it's instigated. So the instigation is the thought of getting in there when there's already four other basic mass scrums going on, and guys chain off in each other to find there's only one guy that actually instigated a fight. Without throwing the first punch, and I, I just think they're gonna that one will just go away. I don't think Nurse will be suspended, but I, again, unfortunately, I don't think. Uh, well, fortunately, I mean, I, I I know Petro very well, and I don't. That's not the type of player he is. But it was still a very physical. It's going to come with some kind of a hefty fine, but I just don't think he's going to be suspended.
0: Yeah, I I don't see it either. Obviously, you know, I think if he was hurt, it would be an, a no-brainer um, in that aspect, and then you know, then maybe you just throw Darnell nurse the one game because one guy's blue missing on the other end, but I'd be surprised if NHL player safety and George Peros gives one player suspension and the other not, uh, it won't hold well for this series. Uh, you know, in, in a way it's, uh, you know, the physical side is taken over there. The hate is taken over and that's what the, that's what Gary Bettman wanted in these, uh, in these playoffs, um, uh, you know, with these division rivals playing each other, um, these teams have never played in the playoffs. So now that they have, and they're four games in, they clearly don't like each other. Um, you know, and they're clearly, uh, you know, getting targeted. It adds,
1: it adds to it. You just wish the game, the scores were a little closer.
0: Correct. Yeah. That's,
1: it, the, that's the other thing, Josh, that deters a lot of those things is a closer game. Doesn't right? happen. There's yeah. nobody, nobody wants to take that penalty or that infraction in a scrum that's going to cause a power play to cost you a game. But when the scores are so lopsided, it just, and you've got teams with that kind of physicality and Burr and the, you know, you've got your Vander canes and the, you know, and they've got some big boys too. And even it's just even seeing some of the skill guys step up to the plate. I mean, I guess we saw that way. I mean, I know we're going to talk about the Leafs, but even that series started to look like they, there was actually some dislike on both sides of the fence last night. So that
0: was, yeah. that was good to see as well. Yeah. Um, one more on this series, um, you know, and it's obviously comes back to the physical play personally, it had, like I might sound because I don't like the fan base in Edmonton do. I like the players. Um, I like the organization it is what it is. Uh, the fans get me going as we were talking about before, it would be the same thing odies for people that are odies with the fans and that. But, uh, the one thing I don't like, and I, and it's, and it happens in arguments through, through group chats and stuff like that i I just don't like the cross checks on on that are that are continually happen for stone here um you know but it's different how the game's called um you know i can you can watch the leaf game and they'll call those cross checks but later at night the they'll call them they won't call them in the other game and the refereeing the refereeing is the refereeing and it takes up so much oxygen that Pretty much, I don't think it really needs to be taken up that much oxygen. It is what it is. It, it's been this way for a long time. I don't think it's going to change. But um, you know, if you're an executive on the uh, on the on the Vegas Gold Knights uh, and you do your meetings with the series supervisor, how many of the conversations are you talking about and showing video of these cross checks? Because there's quite a few, even on the one that Nicholas Wall scored. He got cross-checked pretty hard from Drysaddle as he went down, but he still got back up and was able to score a goal. But there's no call there. Um, what's your thoughts on you know how this con- how these conversations happen with the series supervisors in the playoffs?
1: I think you know the supervisors do a really good job of listening and letting letting guys blow off their steam. I mean, I've had some great conversations. Um, on play, I sat beside, uh, with Keith McCreary on a flight once. And it was like, I wish the flight had gone five extra hours, just picking his brain on, on his stories about, and that's exactly what his position is as far as going in and, and and dealing with instances with coaches and, and, and the man, it's certainly with management and during the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. People got to blow off steam. I mean, especially when you're intense guys, like I can only imagine Kelly McCrimmon and, and uh, we, you know, we've we've seen we've seen that <laughs> we've seen some intense moments out of general managers. And this is this is more this is a very intense time of year for these guys. And uh, and and sure, especially when you've got your star player who's just coming off back surgery, standing in front of the net, taking cross checks to the lower back. It's obviously something you're going to feel strongly about as well. Um, unfortunately, I don't think the league looks at previous injuries to star players. And, you yeah. know, of course, that's where, that's where teams it's like, they always, that's, that's where the whole upper body, lower body thing came from. Cause people don't want to give up the fact where the person's actually injured because someone might actually go after that, that area of injury. So part of the game, like any, any kind of cross-checking where it's a full fledged extension of the arms and it's not just a push, um, I'm, I'm all for calling those, uh, they, they should be called any stretch. The problem is you, you find certain players now that have turned into such professional actors that the minute there's any kind of touch, there's a flop and there's a flop and the visor goes up and you're down, you know, trying to draw a penalty and that's a, in a, in a tough playoff battle, that's, that's hard for the referee to, uh, to kind of delineate between which is, which is real and, and which is faux. But I agree with you, especially in the case of stone, cause that's where he makes his living um and in fairness when you're coming off such a serious back injury it's you're, you're kind of a little bit more concerned especially from the vegas side
0: yeah and that's our edmonton others report sponsored by our friends at Shatified salon and barbershop here in edmonton and uh we also will go to a commercial break here um i'll have a word from our sponsors from pete's concrete biosteel and seat geek and we'll be back uh, to wrap the uh, the maple leaf series all right, uh, Foods, yeah, that. so, you know, the Leafs uh, live to fight another day, as we kind of teased at the, at the top of the podcast. Um, your thoughts on the game last night and, and the efforts, uh, more or less, uh, are you impressed with Joseph Wall and how much you've seen of him in this effort? And, you know, obviously the four core were, uh, were able to get it going last night um, and thoughts on their efforts too.
1: It, it's hard not to be impressed with the Joseph Wall's effort. I mean, you come in to make your first playoff start with a Team franchise, an entire city-based people's jobs on the line, and you come in and look cool as a cucumber. But I would, I would really have to say this is the epitome of a team effort. I mean, I still, I, I'm going to compliment them because I've now, I'm now, ex- my predictions are exactly what the score in the series are. I'm one and three <laughs> mm. because I thought the Leafs were going to win this series and in, in, in fine form, based on how much they should have in the tank, based on their lack of miles on their superstars compared to other teams. And and, uh, again, uh, I wasn't as awestruck as the first period. I was kind of surprised listening to the people. And I know there's a low bar set, I guess, that for what we're expecting right now, and just because they've been so wildly inconsistent, but I didn't think that first period was something that I was like, wow, this is the Leafs. Uh, You know, I just didn't think there was enough offense generated. But I will say this, it reminded me a lot more of during the regular season when they went on that run, when they were without, I mean, Muzzin was, it was before everybody knew how seriously Muzzin was injured, but he was out. I think Morgan Riley was out. They had a real bareback defense. You would know. And this was before McCabe had arrived and stuff like that. And, uh, and Shen, and they just played a really solid shutdown game uh, and really protected their, the crease. I mean, it's called the house, the paint, whatever you want to call it. but. They really made it uh, difficult for the other team to get in Um, and they, and they maintained it. They, there were no really ebbs and flows. There was a couple period, like a couple times where Florida started to take over the pace and the Leafs just kind of set, they just settled it down. And they, they played a really smart hockey game. Uh, They, I mean, obviously the, 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 the first goal is, is very lucky. Uh, but you still, you know, that's part of being in a playoff series. You're going to be lucky to be good. And you know, the referee sure doesn't feel good. He almost got another one too, um, got in the way of another one, but in general, they deserve to win that hockey game last night. And they did. Um, I'm not quite sure. There's a couple things about the whole series that it kind of still kind of confuse me, uh, with regards to the way they're playing. Um, is I don't under, I don't understand. Uh, well, from first of all, Florida, if you're a team that's gone through the month, the one thing I noticed with Florida I couldn't understand last night is they've been creating so much off of getting pucks to the net and hammering home rebounds. And I found there was at least three, three occasions last night for Hagey one for sure where odd man rushes off the rush. Instead of getting the puck to the net and looking for a, an ugly greasy goal they yeah. tried to pull back and or you know pull back and try and hit the trailer and there was never even a, a save had to be made because of how uh non-simplified they were in their attack trying to all of a sudden look a little bit more globetrotterish and this puck's gonna hit everybody on the ice before we put in an empty net and that's not the way the Florida Panthers have had success so if I'm uh, um if I'm Paul Maurice my message to the team is get the pucks at the net off the rush, you know, shoot, shoot, shoot. You've got a rookie goaltender and of course you're going to give Geo credit for that, the, you know, the hand, the hand play that he tips. You're going to give Shenner great credit for the, the stick on puck when Verhegi was coming out of the corner. And instead of just really using him as a screen and shooting, he decides to go wide and take the long route. And there's not even a scoring opportunity out of it. So I, I'd be concerned if the Panthers to start decide to, to simplify things and even if you look there's one play and Montour's been unbelievable but it's a, they, they give the perfect angle he goes to he goes to wind up and and Tchuk has clearly pulled out so he's no longer fronting the goaltender he's off to the side and he's in his perfect spot for him to kind of shoot past to him yeah. and Tchuk's going to put that in the empty net and instead he he takes a shot that's easily blocked and you can see vision <laughs> the eyes of Tchuk clearly zim back with the venom in them looking at Montour like, Hey, I'm here, (laughs) I'm here. So yeah, little cracks early about, uh, I still think it's probably an easier game for the Leafs to play in Toronto. The way their fan base is riled up right now, it'll be incredibly interesting to see what Friday night's atmosphere is uh, because that fan base is ready to revolt. They're ready to party, but they're also ready to revolt. And, uh, This team, for some reason, to put themselves in this situation, and they're fully capable of coming back. They just have to do the same thing a few more nights in a row, which they're more more than capable of doing, especially if Florida is going to try and be an outside perimeter shooting team. But it's going to be a really interesting atmosphere because the majority of the people, and I think Mitch kind of, Mitch going off on the media the other day, and I'm a huge Mitch Marner fan. I, I didn't like that. Um, I think it's, there's one thing about it because in turn, those media guys, I think they're probably representing 90% as much as they try and make it personal. And it's, I don't like that side of it. Some of the media stories, yeah, it's probably representing 90% of the fan base and the way they feel about, about the way the first three games have gone to. So not in turn, are you saying we don't care about, we don't care about, you know, what you guys write, no, none of us read it in here. You're kind of saying, well, we don't care. Yeah, <laughs> We don't care about what our fan base thinks either. And it's just not a necessary fight to pick. I mean, especially when you're coming off the year he's coming off. And again, it sounded eerily similar to the beginning of the year when Eve kind of called him out and he, you know, we don't listen to anything. We don't listen to anything. Well, clearly, if you're addressing the media and bringing it up, you do. Yeah. And it's bothering you. So go out and just play like you did last night. It was nice to see him score a goal. Um, greasy, not a total, not in a regular Mitch Marner goal, but it went in, and you could see the reaction, how happy he was. So those are the little things you got to build on.
0: Mm-hmm. You make a good point because I've always had this the debate and conversation with some of my friends on on that too. And and personally, and everything you hear is I I, I think Mitch Marner wears it a bit more because obviously he lives he lives there. You know when that, when that season. And, and you, you'll agree with that because once that season's done, most of those guys are on the next plane out and, you know, Austin goes to Arizona and whatever, like, you know, the Ontario guys stay there. But I think Mitch lives and needs and breathes it more. Um, he he fought every, for every dollar he got on the six-year contract. Uh, he got paid. Um, he took less term, but he got the, the most amount of money he wanted. He wasn't going to not do that. Um, so there's always kind of been a chip on his shoulder His dad's been vocal about, you know, him, his, his experiences with that too. So, but I do think, and I, I, and I argue with media fan, with the media likes here uh, on this, but I do think most media members, Hey, I'm biased. I'm a Lee fan. So I'm biased. I'll, I'll fully admit my bias is towards the Toronto Maple Leafs because I'm a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Am I a bit biased with the Calgary Flames? Yes, because the Calgary Flames have been great, along with you, have been great of helping us get players on from that organization. So I'll be biased towards that part too. Now, my conversation is there because I think, I think 90% of the media that covers the teams they, that they do cover, they are fans of that team. So I know that some people, they, some of the media that I've chatted with, they say, no, I'm not a fan. I, I don't care if they win or lose. And I find a hard time believing that. So it is what it is. And, you know, I don't mind admitting it, but, uh, you know, and I think, I think it's easier for you in your shoes um, because you've talked about this, even at the last episode we did is, you know, yes, you're going to cheer for the team that's signing your paychecks, but when you're out, you're more cheering for the stories of the players that you've drafted and developed more or less, you're cheering for the team that you either grew up in the market you grew up in and, and whatnot. So I do think there's something to be said there. The problem with Mitch Marner is that I was unprovoked. Nothing was asked to yeah, that. That's
1: what I mean. It's like yeah. there's a, there's an instigator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it was, was just that's, like, that's an instigator. It's not. And again, if you get out and got, and you've had enough of it and you're ready to go, but if you just bring that fight to the media, you're not going to win that fight. And again, no. it's going to come off wrong on even I, even Kipper the other day and Nick Kiprios. There's no bigger fan of Mitch Marner as a person and a player than Kipper, and he was like, he just felt it was a, a real big mistake. So. Yeah. Yeah, but the only off. way in fairness, the only way you can and I might I might be up. the only the first way to answer the mistake you go out and you score and you win, so good on Mitch there, but I think he kind of might have said the same thing almost quickly last night in the scrum. I was kind of buzzing around after the game and I saw him in the stall again. I don't know if it was the same interview, but he almost kind of blew off the media again, so I mean yeah. this is about this is about Toronto versus Florida, and they've got to find a way to solve that. And I think if you're, if you're expending one ounce of extra negative energy or positive energy with your feelings, with the media, or even to a certain extent, the fans at this point, you're not going to have everything you have in your, in your makeup. When you think about the physical preparation and mental and sleep that has to go in and rest, it has to go in to win these kind of games three times in a row or four times in a row. Mm -hmm. You can't afford to lose any negative energy on stuff. That's just really out of your control.
0: Yeah. And I think the best guy they have in that organization for it, that I know, not that I just I only ever had one conversation with them, and that was at the Helenka Gretzky Cup, was at, was Jason Spezza. And Jason and I talked about this. Um, you know, as, how much of a Toronto guy do you wear those losses a little bit more than a guy that gets to leave the market, you know, go back to Sweden or go back to the States somewhere? And, you know, and he did a good job of explaining that, you know, at the end of the day, you just can't let that stuff get to you. Um, you know, it's a work in progress. Hey, and I and I admit Elliot, Elliot helps me with this because I get caught up in what people say about me or say about my podcast and stuff like that. You know, it takes uh it takes all the energy out of me, um, you know, to not engage in those conversations back. And I, you, you're helpful for that too. It's well, hey, Josh, it's,
1: that was one of the biggest steps for me in junior was blocking stuff that out because at the time that's when stuff like those internet sites where people are can be haters or lovers can be on, and there was a site called, I was in Owen Sound, and I, I didn't really realize these things even existed, and it's funny because you talk about Mr. Barner, and Mitch might not know, but maybe Mr. Barner lets Mitch know, is yeah. my parents were hooked up on this site, and they'd be telling me stuff, like, and they're my biggest fans. I mean, I love them to death, but literally, like, I'd come in after a game, and my dad would sit down for a beer, and he'd go, who the hell is this uh, CHL watcher? <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> what you say yeah chl watcher wow he thinks you're he just thinks you're absolutely the worst executive in hockey and then he goes on and then and three people agreed with him and stuff and i'm like i'm like i didn't even know this existed but it, at that first year it got my head like who is this guy because it kept being brought to my table i wouldn't know it existed and and then I was finally just like, forget it, I mean, I had a great talk. I had guys like Sherry Bass and then same thing, just great role models that would come in and say, get your head out of you. I mean, yeah. anybody that doesn't even have a name is never going to affect your career. Yeah. Right? yeah. So,
0: And, El- and Elliot's yeah. been very, very helpful for that. And, you know, there's others along the way too. And I can put you in that, in that group too. It's uh, you know, but it, it does happen, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, who do you know? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I tweet something out or I say something like you don't know anything. So it's, you know, it's the haters in a way they're always going to be there. Everybody
1: like, everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be wanted. Yeah, exactly. As long as you're respected and you can look yourself in the mirror, you're just doing a fine job.
0: That's it. That's all you can do. So uh let's move to our uh, NHL news and notes segment brought to you by Sheena Boychuk here. So what are your thoughts here? Obviously uh, Keith Jones uh, gets the uh, president of hockey operations here in Philadelphia. Um, you know, and Daniel Briere gets the interim tag taken off, and he becomes the the general manager. Um, where were you at with them? Um, you know, have I I have seen you know Briere a lot in some of the you know tournaments that have happened here in Alberta. So I've seen him, you know, you know out out and about, just like you would be out and about too in that. But uh, you know, Keith Jones moves from the TV side to uh, you know president of hockey operations. Um, and I'm a bit shocked because I, I thought this organization like me, I'm not going to, this was my opinion. You can come up with yours, but I thought this organization was getting away from, you know, the the club of, you know, former players inside the organization with their voice, because that's kind of what we heard when, when, uh, you know, the the firing of Fletcher happened. Um, are, were you at with Jones stepping in and where you at with Briere stepping in? Well, first of all, uh, Keith Jones for me is like, I,
1: I don't have a bad word to say about Keith. Anytime I've met him, he's been completely respectful. Anybody, I mean, he's obviously exceptionally gifted at what he does on television and his, his thoughts and, you know, his articulation, his experience in the game is awesome. You know, here's my problem. Here's my problem with in general, and, and just take all the names out. Yeah. Okay. Because it's not who they are or what they are is I just don't know where I've seen a success. Like, first of all, the Flyers are, they're in a pinch here, right? There's not much coming. Uh, I don't out know what their identity line, yeah. is, other than they work. they got a lot of work to be done to get out of the, where they're at. And there's a lot of teams like that. Okay. It, it's just harder to take because it's the Philadelphia Flyers. You just don't, there's certain organizations. You just don't expect to put themselves in this situation. But so you, you hire torts who I absolutely, I've, I, again, I mean, again, but I, I just, let's say coach, but you're hiring a coach that is ex- exceptionally, um, vocal, dedicated, gifted, you know, this guy's got his own culture to himself. Right. But I've just never seen, it's like, <laughs> I I I'm usually pretty good with analogies. This one, I can't figure out, it's yeah. like, um, it's like, I don't know, playing the seventh game and <laughs> you play the seventh game of the series first and then walk it all back. And then you realize the starting game. I just don't see that. The order for me is in the new day is you hire a president of hockey operations who hires his who hires his general manager, and internally they sit down. You've now got that great. Uh, you've got your great uh, – you've had great conversation, Keith Jones, and obviously him and Breer, have, if they don't know each other from the past, I'm just assuming they know each other. But And then you sit down and and you let your general manager hire his coaching staff. And this has gone the exact same opposite direction. And um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, that whole process to like, at least now they've still got coaches in place and look at a Pittsburgh, right? So now we're hearing, you know, whether it's Kyle or whether it's Eddie Olchek, who's the president, that president is going to be able to hire a general manager. And then they're going to make a decision on Sully. It's not a great situation for Sully to be in. No, but they're not building the bus backwards or they're, you know, they're not they're not starting and moving to the final thing. Now, I just haven't seen it. I mean, all these guys are into their analytics and their numbers where this stuff has worked. I've never seen it work in the national hockey league. I mean, the Vancouver Canucks tried to, um, and this again, don't, it's not the names cause he did a great job. They fire Travis green, you know, they bring in, don't have a general manager in place, bring in Bruce. Then they hire a general manager. And a president yeah okay and then all of a sudden shockingly general manager and the president don't want that guy to coach anymore it's just and it's because it's not their guy right and i just think it's such an easy thing to you don't have to do that to do it and it's just i've just never seen it be successful now i hope it is because these guys are all very good people yeah um, good hockey people and great gentlemen like Salted the earth i just it's it's I just think when something's so basic because this is how it works, and that's why I'll give whatever Calgary ends up doing, uh, I give them full marks. Okay? because if this was one of those, and you know, everybody knows I've got a, you know, I obviously my respect and for Daryl and winning two cups with Daryl, no ma- no matter how much I didn't like the way things were handled with the press conferences, everything this year, if uh if they had started the season with okay, well, Brad resigns. Daryl's the head coach. We're going to try and squeeze a general... We're going to make Donnie president, and we're going to try and squeeze in a general manager that is willing to take on Daryl or, or, and, and have a great relationship with Donnie. So for them to sit back, take a deep breath, as much as people were disappointed, and in fairness, probably it, it'd been a bit of a disappointment for me because if they'd done it the other way around, where you you let go of the coach, they probably don't lose Brad trellving right? And yeah. then there's there's... Which is which is something that I'm sure a lot of people would wish he'd stayed in in the long run. But now Donnie through his due diligence, as you know, they made that move, they moved on from Daryl. And now Donnie as president is doing, going through a process of hiring a general manager that he's going to be comfortable with. And, uh, and then that general manager is going to be allowed to present his coaches to, to Donnie and, and make a decision on who the next bench boss is. And, and that is the way the process is built to work. Um, you don't want, uh, owners uh, anywhere superseding that process by saying, okay, you've done all the work, but here's who your guy's going to be uh, because that just takes away everything of all the hard work, hard work that's gone into the process. So, yeah, I, I again, it's not the names um, selfishly at times, you know, you kind of wish, I mean, that's why I have so much for Steve Iserman because Steve Eiserman went through every seat uh, and learned everything before he just jumped into the general manager's chair. And I think that that's, a chair that is so privileged and uh, and honored uh, as is the president's role, that it does take a lot of work and a lot of nurturing to build a resume that allows you to be a general manager in the hockey league. Now, being a coach, I had a, I had this little blueprint too, about that position too, but then Marty St. Pierre blew it all up into the, (laughs) he blew it up by just going in. But I, I think he was just smart enough to know and gifted enough to know he'd been coaching so long. I mean, I know different age limits, but I watched him coach at those age limits and you just knew there was something special there. So there, there's a different story as far as putting it into that position. But I, I do still feel strongly about getting your ducks in a row as far
0: as the order doing it. Yeah, I, I'm just very shocked because everything we heard in this organization after the firings that happened there was that we're going to do things in a different way and they're going to take a reset back. And I just feel like they just, they just went back to the same way they did And And that's no disrespect to Jones. Um, that's no disrespect to Breer. Like, you know, I have seen Breer, you know, he, he, you know, in those, you know, the same with Rich Peverly, I think Rich Peverly is going to be a, a heck of a general manager someday. Um, you know, and I, I'm not saying that they don't deserve it, you know, but Rich has, grinded his way through the through the system on the executive side from what i know and hear and see um and i think it would be the same for damny over but i don't know that situation as much as i know about the rich Peverly front and then you know jones just keith jones just moves from the tv position into there and i just for me in the hockey traditional way i look at it is like you got to do the position to get the position at times. And I think at times it's a bit tough when you just come out of this position to go to there, but well,
1: and you also you know, have to know internally when you look at that. And I don't know the Philadelphia situation. I'll make no. two comments. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't come across as it's, and it's not sour grapes because I yeah. know what it is. Like. Is if you're bring brought up through the whole system, right. And you're a part of that infrastructure that is just deemed failed. And then you don't even go outside to see if there's anybody with different thoughts or concepts that might be differing. Are you just not taking? In, are you just not shifting the chairs on the deck? Yeah. I don't know what Dan DeBriere's role is has been up to now, so I can't comment on that. But yeah, you're certainly. Uh, it's not a fresh set of uh, a fresh set of eyes because it's the same thing. Is he going to keep all the same scouts that that have been involved that he's kind of cut his teeth with and traveled the roads with, who are basically in a certain way re- responsible for the lack of prospects because the drafting has been a little bit subpar,
2: yeah. but
1: anyways, but, and the, and the other part of it is, is these process now. And, and again, all you can ask as a candidate is a really fair process. And I mean, I mean, I, and I've seen that, right. And I, I mean, I, I've, I've seen that very recently of just a real good process. Um, now, Again, I mean, when I hear in Philadelphia how they hired, they hired a lawyer and they hired a guy that was an MBA executive to you know to find to run this search, right? And then, which is fine because yeah. you know you're getting outside expertise and other teams have done that too to get your list. But when when you find out that one of the candidates who's an absolute legend got a half an hour phone call about the job. And, uh, you know, the call was interrupted, interrupted a few times while the other guy took a, you know, because he had family calls coming in. <laughs> and you're being interviewed for the potential president of the organization. That, to me, is a flawed process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. it's And uh, breaking news uh, right now, uh, Alex Petrangelo will have a hearing for a slash against Leon Dreis at all, NHL player safety. just tweeted that out as we were. Uh, face to face. Reports uh it just it doesn't they say do that. Doesn't, yeah it doesn't say in person so I don't think he's gonna get the uh no I don't
1: think they can do in person with the scheduling just with the timing of the games yeah it just, that doesn't sound great though has there been an in-person or has there been a one of those lately that anybody's
0: not lately like got away with it one of the things last year is I think we had 36 suspensions last year and I think we were around 19 or 20 this year. So suspensions are down dramatically this year than they were last year. So, um, but uh, th- this is usually trending when you have a hearing, you have a suspension and which I think if, again, my, come back to my thoughts earlier, what we said is if petrol's getting suspended, I think Darnell's, Darnell nurse is now going to get suspended too. So um, I'd be surprised if, uh, if one only gets suspended and, We'll see. Uh, maybe his suspension is just longer than Darnell Nurse's, regardless. Um, we'll uh we'll go from there and see. But uh, that will probably break uh break at some point here um after we finish the recording. But uh we'll finish up on this. Um, you know, I know that you worked and worked with the Carolina Hurricanes here and you got a lot of respect for Don Waddell and I think he's an amazing person too. But, uh, you know, I had a lot of people ask me, why do you think Seattle is playing good? What, what's going on with Seattle? What what makes that organization so good? What, why are they doing what they're doing right now in the playoffs? And and I kind of have, this is my analogy to it. You can give me yours. And, you know, I think, again, I think Don Waddell is a great general manager, but I still think there's Francis's footprints in, in, in what he's done in that organization in Carolina is still there. So it's, if... I say that it doesn't, wh- why wouldn't it not be that way? Obviously where he's in Seattle. Um, can you talk about obviously Don Waddell too, what he's done with the, with this organization, but also, you know, what Ron Francis has done, you know, his time in Carolina. And now what he's done in two years with the Seattle Pack And
1: Well, I mean, I had the play. I mean, uh, I consider Ron a close friend. And I mean, just looking back, I mean, I just talked to Justin Williams about it is like, if you look at the players, like, I know certain people want to take credit for, and they like, I mean, it's like when, when we won our Stanley cup, I called Al Murray who is now in Tampa and thanked him because, uh, he was responsible for the staff that drafted Kopitar, um, Brown and uh, quick. Right. Yeah. So when you look at what Carolina's doing, and this is no credit, I mean, Slavin Pesci, there's another one there too. That's there's another homegrown
0: guy in the blue line. Um, it's, guess, it's, yeah, it's Pesci. Um, uh, I know that, uh, well, Brady Shea they got from the New York yeah, Rangers. Okay. Um, Brent Burns, obviously, they made the, Burns the that's right. But I mean, okay, but
1: those two, those yeah. two, just those two, the and the contracts they're on are amazing to think that you can get like for me, Slavin's the number one, um, minus some of the offensive gifts, but he's a true number one. And I mean, when they're on contracts like they're what they're on when you see what guys are like what a guy like Carlson who's the number one, is getting paid you got to tip your hat to uh to Ron Francis and then you think about uh Ajo and you know these guys these guys were drafted before the before the turnover and Mm -hmm. and then Donnie and his staff have done a really good job of building on it and uh and adding to it like when you see the stars but that blue line and you know their best player were drafted by Ron Francis and, and they're exceptional players, just exceptional players. And, uh, and then you bring in the most magnetic personality and coach and Roddy Brindamore who I've tried to figure out how a coach can give a rah rah speech before the game and after the game, every game and everyone's different and everyone's effective. And, uh, and then I talked about it the other day. I mean, I don't know how this guy sleeps. I mean, he's got muscles in his face. He's going all the time. He's the most fit human being I've ever seen. But he's so friggin' positive. But he's so generous. Like I mean, I went. I mean, I sent him a note the other day. He got right back to me. I remember going into the dressing room in Toronto when they lost. A, they didn't. They weren't playing well, and uh, they list lost to the Leafs at home in in Toronto. And he was still just like this man. He just exudes positive qualities. And in the this team's missing. Can you imagine if you took the two leading or three of the top four scores off the Leafs yeah right now what I mean they're just first of all they'd be higher like somebody would be dying somewhere but I mean this team literally it's amazing what they're doing without Pacuretti, without Javashnikov and without Tara Vine, and and they just keep on rolling and yeah. very seldom this is the thing you you always know and I mean they're getting secondary scoring you know Brett Burns is playing solid defense It doesn't seem to matter whether it's Freddie, whoever they throw in net, you know, they were running the ball with Ranta. Now Freddie's back in, he looks good. They just seem to be a team that are going to be difficult to play no matter what, because the pace they play at, their penalty killing is like, it's attacked to another level. Like it it takes so much to set up against it because they just, they seem to be arriving where every puck's arriving. And that's good on the coaching staff, but it's also a buy-in of the players. So, and Donnie has to, you know, Donnie obviously... Is the bridge between Tommy, uh, Tommy Dundon and uh, and he has to deal with you know deal with the, the numbers and Eric Polsky and stuff like that and manage his own staff with with Schwartzie and the group there and they do a great job and then there's like this massive concrete wall, <laughs> eighty layers deep that keeps them upstairs away from Rod Brendamore <laughs> and his family and they can pipe the analytics down, <laughs> but <Yeah>. Roddy <laughs> Roddy's all about heart soul play the right way and uh it's 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 quite the match it's quite the mix so good yep. on them i mean yep. i just can't see i mean i know it's another there's not been a close game in the series but they are going to be tough for somebody to beat them in four games with the way they work
0: yeah all right foods uh we'll uh we'll recap uh you know these games tonight and uh the games on friday uh friday night the canadian team's playing on friday night so game five so we'll recap those um on saturday and uh we'll have we'll have you back uh, another episode on sunday here and uh everyone uh, yeah we have trevor lewis coming on this week so look for that interview to drop on tuesday um as we record that uh thursday night we like to thank all the fans for sending in some great fan questions too so we'll get to those with uh, Trevor Lewis as well. And uh, thanks again, uh, you foods for, uh, for hooking us up with, uh, with Louie here. And uh, we're looking forward to, you know, having a great conversation with him and, and hearing his, his journey to, to the NHL and how his journey in the NHL is going. Cause I do think he's got uh, some, uh, some left in the tank that he can uh, help, help a team next year. We'll see where that is, but uh, thanks to you and anything you want to add before we sign out. Hit him straight. Don't lose to Benning. All right. There we go. So, <laughs> All right, sounds good and that's uh, my golf game with uh, Matt Benning today. So uh, <laughs> thanks food and foods and we'll uh, we'll chat with you on Saturday. Thanks Josh, have a great one.